Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Kevin McGovern, and it's another episode of the Improvement Lives podcast. Today is Thursday, March 24th. we got a really good show planned for you today. So without further ado, I'm going to send you over to my very handsome co-host, Mr. Mike Ferry. Michael? Thanks, Kevin. That was a very, very efficient introduction. That was Quick very, today, that, right? was, that was fast. Yeah. Fast, yeah. really fast today. Well, we got some some more to cover. So I am Mike Ferry from the Farm Baseball Performance Institute. Welcome to the Proof no, Podcast. Technically, you're a little late too, so we got kind of we're a little late, really, but you know, not as late as last week. We were no, like we're days late. Yeah, right. Thirty eight hours late last last week. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so we got a fun show today. We're going to talk about um several things. The main thing we're going to talk about uh pitching. We got this, you know, several seasons underway now, and we're going to talk about some some arm health and some um. So maybe some some myths, in our opinion, uh, things you should do, should you shouldn't do uh, to keep your arm healthy and to keep you at your best. And also back from a two week hiatus, uh, we have the fabulous Ryan Gagne Frutis with us today. So, Ryan, what are we doing today? What do we have for top of the order? Uh, well, like you said, I mean, this is, this is my first time back in a few weeks. Um, Got to knock the rust off. The, the the biggest news in the last two weeks, I'm not sure what you guys covered, was uh, obviously baseball is back. Well, you made a cameo both weeks, just so you know. Yeah, okay. you did have a cameo. Glad, yeah. glad to hear it. Yep. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was great. It was great. Uh, I so was yeah, ba- baseball is back. We're in the middle of uh, spring training. All of the big, the big free agents that were out there on the market have uh, have landed homes for the 2022 season and beyond. Um, you know, one of the one of the bigger stories there was Freddie Freeman, uh, World Series winner from last year's Atlanta Braves, spent his whole career there, has uh, has left and is now with the Los Angeles Dodgers, who have probably one of the most stacked lineups in MLB history. Uh, that team on paper, yeah, on paper, that team's a problem. Yeah, um, Dave Roberts yeah. is still the manager. <laughs> That's that's a fair point. Um, <laughs> In case he wants to sit anybody for lefty righty, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, I mean, that, that, really, that's it. That's the biggest story right now. Is we're baseball's back. We're in the middle of spring training. We have a uh, a delayed start to the opening of the season. It will now be on April seventh, uh, I believe, is opening day, as opposed to like March thirtieth or thirty first, which is Sox Yankees. Enough its own right. Uh, yeah, Sox and Yankees are playing opening uh, opening series against each other down in the Bronx, so that should be uh, interesting. We might have a little prove it live bet going on with uh, uh, between the, the two factions here. I am not a taker on that. Red Sox <laughs> the Yankees stink. are going to finish in fourth place. The Yankees stink worse than the well, fourth place. The Yankees will finish in fourth place behind yeah. the Red Sox, Toronto, and and Tampa. Tampa. Yeah, or Tampa, Toronto, Boston. New York, Baltimore. I think Tampa. I think Toronto was the division above the Baltimore Orioles, but still. Um, but you can never count. You can never count Tampa Bay out. They just keep bringing out guys who throw three hundred miles an hour <clears throat> for, for an inning. For an inning, yeah, 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 oh yeah, and then disappear. <laughs> or when they're good, then they trade. Yeah, um, yeah, the, the New Kansas City Orioles. <clears throat> One little minor rules change that kind of came about, you know, with, uh, you know, the, the collective bargaining agreement and everything is, you know, MLB superstar Shohei Otani, who is uh, both a all-star pitcher as well as an all-star uh, bat in the lineup. Uh, they will, now that the MLB has done away with pitchers hitting, they have universal DH in both leagues now. Um, they did make the Shohei Otani rule, meaning if he were to start the game as a pitcher, and gets pulled off the mound, he's actually allowed to stay in the game and finish the game as the DH. So there's no change in the lineup there. They don't have to risk taking his bat out of the lineup just because he's not going to be pitching anymore. Uh, so they can leave him in as DH moving forward. Not a bad, not a bad rule. That's, uh, uh, you don't like it? I don't like it. I mean, look, it's literally only for him. That's There's not going to be an right. Well, I think uh, I, th- I think he's beginning a trend. Look at there's so many like there was always these unwritten rules in baseball, right? And and that was sort of one of them was uh you know you got to figure out what you are, you know, are you going to be especially to the pro level, right? College you can play both ways, whatever. But you got to figure out whether you're going to be a you know a bat or you're going to pitch. Oh, and you're not going to be able to do both. I thought you. My bad. Um, I didn't know if you meant. 
Oh yeah, god, Chris, Kevin. we're done. We're done with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so <laughs> you know, point, anyway, point is like that's that's sort of going away a little bit, and people are are I think, and maybe this is something we might talk a little bit about today too. It's like the the the, the baseball world is becoming more progressive, you know maybe too much with, you know, sort of like the, 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 the quote unquote nerds maybe having too much influence these days. And, you know, we we're just talking about a stat as a side note today that was, uh, you know, WPA, like, uh, I don't even remember what the heck it was, um, but it, it's, it's, it's getting to be a bit overkill, but I, I digress. I think that more Shoei Atani's are, are coming along the way. And I'm not, maybe not to his level, but I think definitely, um players that will have the ability so i and i i just think if you have someone like that well you gotta if you're gonna pitch him then yeah you gotta kind of sacrifice his bat that day at, at least if he's out of the game that doesn't seem to make sense to me yeah i i, I can certainly see both sides of it and, and wpa is win probability probability added, added. yeah yeah I uh, back there's a change in win expectancy from one plate appearance to the next mm-hmm whatever like like really yeah, exactly sure. exactly what's his daytime wpa and his nighttime what's his wpa on tuesdays versus left-handed hitters below six three you know that's like where we're getting to it's in, it's insanity yeah. like well, I, I think I, we talked off air. some guy go at me that you know joey proved to me that joey gallo joey gallo's dead is, so, is somehow a great is somehow a great hitter because of these statistics and i just like well my eyes tell me he's he's terrible <laughs> so his strikeout ratio can also tell you he's terrible. Oh my god! Right? Well, no, he had that mix because he put that WPA stat. And he's uh, he's an above average player. He's above average WPA. That's what I'm saying. You can now find you can dig and find stats. I think to support your argument, if you're in support of a hitter or whatever, and you can find one to the contrary. Uh, but there's there's too many there's too many stats. It, it's funny, you know, when we were growing up, there was basically three, right, for a hitter. Yeah, there was there was average home runs, RBIs. That's it. Those are the three things you looked at, and uh, and look. They, then they started to add in the slugging percentage. You're like, oh, okay, right, slugging, and then next slugging. came on base percentage, yeah. and then, then that o- turned into OPS. Slugging. Yep, on base percentage, and 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 look, OPS I think is a good stat. Slugging is a good stat, right? Because you're right. I mean, if you if you're you're signing somebody like a Joey Gallo, right? You don't want him up there walking. You don't want him up there, you know, just hitting singles. Like that's not why you're paying a guy like Joey. You're paying him to drive runs in, to clear bases, to hit doubles, home runs, etc. And um, Ryan, and- look, look his numbers up last year. I want to see what he had for. I know he had like thirty some home runs. But he batted one one ninety nine. Like, yeah. I guess the question is like, what do you? I mean, at some point, doesn't like average come? Like, we need to get a hit here because I mean, if we want to talk about war, his wins. Yeah. So explain to me what war is again, other than Ukraine. What's war? Wins above replacement. Last year he was a four point seven. His career though was fourteen point four. So. So what is wins? I I don't understand wins above (laughs) replacement of, of what? Who are we replacing? The uh, average at his position. Is yeah, that what so it is? Okay. Yeah. It measures yeah. a player's value in all facets of the game by deciphering <laughs> more wins he's worth than a replacement level player at his same position. Yeah. For right. example, minor replacement or a readily available fill-in free agent. Uh, so last year, 498 at-bats, 99 hits, which translates to a 199 batting <laughs> At a 199, 38 of those 99 hits were home, were home runs. runs. Yeah, okay. Uh, he struck out. Are we ready for this? He struck out. Uh, actually, that seems low. Was this a short in the season? He struck out 88 times. No, no does he no, struck no, out yeah, way more than that. Yeah, oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. That was, that, I'm sorry. That was just with the Yankees. He struck yes. out 125 times with the Rangers for a total of 213 times. Yeah, I was going to say, no, it was well over 200. Yeah. 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 213 strikeouts last year. Yep. That's a lot. How many games did he play? Uh, 153 <clears throat> out of a possible 162. Okay. So, you know, look, the strikeout, there's a couple of things. Um, 
I think batting average is an archaic stat. I don't think it really tells you anything. I mean, eh, I could tell you or it tells you he something. All, he was an all star, if that if that means anything. Well, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. He also um, won a gold glove, which he shouldn't have won. That should have been. Well, that's another that's another contest that just yeah. is completely skewed. Um, but and that's why I think you know kudos for baseball for trying to get to the stats that matter and that mean something, but. I think we've gone like way over the top. Like I said, you know, like I, I actually I'm making it up and making a joke of it, but you hear stats like that, you know, like, oh, he's, uh, you know, he bats uh, about 400 on uh, Thursday afternoon games, yeah. uh, you know, uh, when it's overcast and the, and, and the, you know, the pitcher has mild acne and you're like, <laughs> what? <clears throat> it's like, it's, it's, it's insane. So, um, you know, batting average, you know, I, I give you an example. I remember, and, and Ryan remembers this. This is many, many years ago uh, coaching. Uh, I think it was a travel team a long time ago. And I uh, had two kids, doubleheader, and started one kid, uh, you know, higher up in the lineup, and this other kid lower in the lineup. I flip-flopped them by game two. And the one that was dropped down to the, the, the lower part of the order, his dad, of course, was not happy with me and, you know, saying, you know, he no. had two, he had two hits and the other kid didn't have any and blah, 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 which was true, which was true. But he was two for three. The kid that I dropped to the bottom of the order, his two hits were, were literally a fastball that, that beat him, jammed his aluminum bats, jammed him, hit it off his thumbs, dropped over to the second baseman who didn't even read the ball correctly. It should have been camped under it. And the second one was a swing and bunt. And the other kid was over three. But on two of his at-bats, he flowed to the warning track of a high school field. This is 13 Hugh, and he lined out to the shortstop, who was shade in the middle. And I mean, he's obviously seeing the ball better. So that's why I think average doesn't really tell you a whole lot, right? I mean, you know, it's – Gotcha. It's, yep. That makes sense. Right? But, um, you know, over the time, that does sort of, you know, even itself out. But anyway, uh, what's the other news, Gags? What else we got? Some baseball starting with MLB. And first of all, before we move on, who won? Who won? The free agent sweepstakes. Who would you, th- you say? Uh, the, Do- the Dodgers, right? I mean, I think so. Probably. Probably. I mean, they, re- they re-signed their eighth <clears throat> Kershaw for a year. They brought in Freddie Freeman. Um, or I mean, the Red. I mean, the Red Sox too. A story. I mean, you got that left field wall there. I, look, I, I think I, I love the Trevor Story signing here in Boston. I'm not going to lie. Right. Um, I think the <laughs> Twins did a sneaky good job. I mean, they, one of us. they committed a lot of money to, to Carlos Correa, but it was a short deal over, I think it was like 100-something million over three years. Um, I think it's less than that. Can't he opt out after a year? Yeah, I think so. Um, they also made a couple moves. They got a couple bums from the New York Yankees. Um, the worst, statistically worst catcher in Major League Baseball. Gary um, Sanchez. Um, <laughs> did he get a good fielder in Gio Shelley? He's a good player. He did. He is a good player. And I'll tell you something just real quickly on Kevin's comment, Trevor Story. Like that that wall is not there for righties. That no, wall for makes left handed hitters. Yes. Yep. 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 I don't yep. yep. I don't disagree with you. It made David Ortiz a Hall of Famer for sure. Yep. For, correct. Yep. Yep. Correct Mundo. All right. There's there's definitely a few a few winners uh, in free. I, mean, I would say, and not this is not to rub you know dirt you know rub salt in the wound or anything like that. I think one of the biggest losers has to be the New York Yankees. They didn't do anything. her. They did I mean, nothing to improve that team. I will. And they so we got we got worse. Rizzo for a couple of years. Yeah. So I mean, just looking, we got Josh Donaldson is a stiff. Right. He can't stay healthy. He's going to the Yankees where that's certainly not going to be a place where health is a priority there with this track record they've had over the last four years. Um, <laughs> he's terrible defensively. I'm not sure about the kinder falafel there. Well, he looks pretty good. And then he, he's actually going to be pretty good. Yeah, you know, but he's got to play in the, you know, under the, under the bright lights in New York. And, you know, Rizzo, Rizzo is adequate. He's done okay. But yeah, I mean, considering that. Conquering jungle, jungle where dreams are made of. You know, they read the Yankees needed first base help and they needed a shortstop, and they really got neither. You know, I mean, you can't say you can't say uh, Rizzo isn't. A no, no, no. But he's not afraid. He's, he's not a, he's, he's a left-handed hitter that plays in a wiffle ball park. 
he's not he's not Freeman for <laughs> sure. He's a Gold Glove first baseman, Gold Glove caliber first baseman. Yeah, but the Yankees uh, have more problem. I mean, they've already lost you know Herman, who was injured last year, and is still injured this year. Like, come, which I don't understand. If he's injured, and it's not a structural issue. Then, then, then how, you know what I mean? Like, how come it wasn't fixed? Right. So now he's on the 60 day to save a list. And for those 60 days to save a list means you're out for the year. There's not too many people come back from the 60 day to save a list in the same year. So, what's the guy's problem? And the Yankees also hid two of their young studs in single and double A who also had Tommy John last year. You know, so this is all coming out. So, the Yankees have much more problems than, than, uh, their free agent, which they, you know, he doesn't want to pay the luxury tax. The, the father would have paid the luxury tax. Yep, he would have. It is what it is, you know. It is what it is. All right. What else we have going on, Ryan? It was a lot longer on free agency than I expected. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, I'm sorry. <clears throat> kind of about it. There's, there's not much. Well, no, we have high school baseball we were going to talk about. True. Oh, oh one yeah. Of the other big, one of the other big, I guess, stories that will be interesting to kind of keep watch, um, not just from a baseball standpoint. Uh, but New York City conveniently is about to lift their uh, oh, this their is big, this mandate. is big, yeah, rolling back their vaccine mandate so that you know, uh, guys like Kyrie are in the NBA who chose not to get vaccinated, Aaron Judge, any, any uh, Mets or Yankees that that elected yeah. to not get vaccinated will now yeah. be able to play, they'll be able to work, do their job, uh, right? Amazing, uh, we'll do that in New York City while. You know, but civil servants got fired. Got fired and had to right? leave their job. So right. it'll be interesting to see how that, that kind of plays out in the uh, – not so much the sports arena, more so probably the, the political arena, if anything. But it'll, it'll be an interesting storyline to kind of keep tabs on. Amazing how all of a sudden it's not a big deal. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> the week before baseball opens up, right? Yeah. It was such a huge, just massive de- – uh, we want to get into you fi- I mean, you fired people who went into you know burning buildings in 9-11. You fired them. Right. Yeah. That's what she did. That's what they did. Um, all right. So also we got uh start of high school baseball. Um yeah. that began Monday. Yeah, this past well, Monday. Um uh, here in Massachusetts. Already anyway. filled with people. <laughs> yep. I know in uh you know across the country down in the south, they've already been playing. In fact, you yep. know, some have been playing since late January. Um, but in, you know, around here and the kids that we work with, they just started playing. Uh, they just went out, uh, started high school ball third Monday in March. Every year is the tryouts here in Massachusetts, similar for our surrounding States. Um, obviously we're in the Northeast and, uh, it's already cold enough playing in April. In fact, I think they should wait <laughs> until June to play baseball. Um, but anyway, so idea. I, I figured it's a good time to, 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 talk about a couple things number one um it, it, you know there's 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 politics and everything there's politics in high school baseball so you get a lot of kids that maybe feel like they should make it all varsity team and aren't right so it's like you know we got to become almost like a uh like a uh, amateur psychiatrist here <laughs> this time of year every year and um you know look it's baseball you know high school baseball is still very much alive. You know, we've, we've talked about it before, how um, it seems the significance, the importance of it in terms of, you know, the future of a player has diminished a bit and it, it really has here. Um, but, um, and that's, by the way, that's, that's really mostly for public schools. You know, we have some really, really high level uh, private schools around here um, that produce lots of college players, like lots and lots of college players over the years, but it's a, it's a, it's still a thing for, you know, for, for, pride right i mean it's um you know playing for school pride you know if it's a public school you're playing for your town and you know so it's still a big deal and the kids are really really into it and um so but one thing that's tough with the high school and and i would say also for this topic also more so on the public side uh for whatever reasons which we could get into it's not whatever reasons but um health Taking care of pitchers, um, you know, you know, taking care of, of players in general. It seems to me uh, that there are too many coaches out there at the high school level that know that they basically have you for two, three, and four years, right? You know, depending on every freshman is going to make varsity, so they have a few, a few years, 
And then that flips over and they get a whole new group of kids after that four year, two year, three or four year time. And so unfortunately we don't have enough high school coaches that are really looking out for the kids. Uh, And it's, it's sad um, because we see kids overused all the time. You know, there's a story and this goes back close to a decade. It might be a decade. Wow. Um, Where one of our players, uh, Ryan knows this, this player, excellent, excellent pitcher. They didn't, they didn't let him make varsity until his senior year. I think it was the senior year, which is crazy. All right. This kid was clearly one of the best. Well, he's their ace, their senior year. Okay. So he goes to not making the team to being the ace. Correct. And the coach knew about him because I told him about him several times. And, uh, you know, he was probably the ace for me, for my uh, my summer team that year. Uh, really good pitcher. Wasn't overpowering. Wasn't throwing 95, but he was, you know, mid eights. You know, he was probably in the 83 to 85 range. And this is high school. Unbelievable command. Had two or three pitches that he had command with as well. So anyway, I don't want to get into it, but basically he makes his team varsity year. They immediately, you know, to find out that he's their ace after a couple of weeks in the season, they win the state championship that year, riding his arm. And they really, and, and, and here's something interesting. So this just, you see, it's not just my opinion that this kid should have been a varsity player. He had already committed to a very high level D2 baseball school before his junior year, before he ever played varsity, before he ever threw a varsity pitch. Uh, <laughs> so that, that's, a, that's a true story. Um, and uh, so anyway, the sad part is he never got to see that division two college baseball career because they destroyed his arm. His arm really? was really, yep. I mean, he was constantly pitching, you know, towards the end of the season, once they got into the tournament, you know, two days rest, one day rest, like they just kept riding him, kept going up to him. And unfortunately this isn't, that's not a, um, it's not a, a lone story, right? I mean, no, I've got one about this. to that too. Yeah. yeah. So, we got to watch out for these things. I think, you know, uh, people like myself, you know, I, I don't have a kid just for four years. I have a kid from he's eight, nine, 10 years old, and we continue to work with them all the way through the college ranks and into the, you know, even professional baseball for some kids. So it, it, it begs the question of like what we should be doing. And then by extension, obviously what the kids should be doing. I, I say this all the time. The kids have to advocate for themselves. The parents have to advocate for their kids when it comes to health, not where your kid's batting in the batting order. When it comes to health, you have a right to say something. Absolutely. Okay. Where he's playing on the field or where he's batting the lineup. That's not your place. But when it comes to your health, absolutely st- step in and say something. But the problem here lies, Kevin, and I'm going to, let you uh, sort of chime in, but these kids aren't going to say no to coaches when, when called upon, there is a school pride thing, right? Of course, we all experience it ourselves in high school and in, in for your town. So you want to be out there. You want to compete. You want to compete and you go, Oh, my arm. It's not, eh, yeah, it's not great, but I could, I could go out there and throw three, four innings. Right. And it's just compounding and compounding, compound the issue. So what do we do about that, Kevin? Well, first of all, we should move the whole northeast to a warmer climate, right? Like you said, we need to play where it's a lot where it's a lot warmer. You know, nice. this is such a a can of worms. I mean, first of all, the restrictions on when you can practice, right? You know more about than than I do, but apparently, you can't practice baseball in the gym in the winter, right? Because that's somehow illegal. Right with your coach, like you can't do that. So the coach can't help you do. If you're a pitcher, right, where do you get help, right? So if you're a pitcher who doesn't have money to spend on travel program, what do you do, right? Uh, you can't go to your coach, right, because that's illegal. Well, you, so, you, you, a coach can work with thirty percent of his team at any given time. No more 30, than thirty percent of his roster. Of his team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but the problem, Kevin, is that I I don't know the high school coaches that can help the kids. Yeah, I mean, you know, and these high school coaches are, I don't know, I don't want to say that, the, you know, some some know what they're doing, some don't. You know, there's some things that, you know, for me, you know, the biggest thing that I see is injuring kids right now is long toss. You know, that's the whole thing. I was going to do long toss, we're going to do long toss. So I'm 1,000, 3,000, 9,000% against long toss. Long toss should be treated like tackle football, right? 
but maybe we don't play tackle football until we're in college, you know, because of the mechanics, you know, you're trying to take these, you know, because the kids think I have to do long toss. The purpose is to try to throw this ball absolutely as far as they can. That's what people are told and they, their mechanics change and then they injure their arm or elbow. I mean, I have a gal in my office now, a softball player who's a pitcher, right? As far as I know, the last time I looked, pitchers and softball throw underhand in a windmill. They never do an overhand long toss. And she's probably literally on the cusp of, of tearing her ulnar collateral ligament. I literally had to write documentation today that she is not to do long toss. And I wrote in capital letters, please stop your program from doing long toss. Okay. You, the, you, the mechanics have to be impeccable. And even then, I don't like it. I'd rather you do throw it on the line, or we've talked about before, slam toss where you're slamming the ball down to get power. But this parabola of throwing is horrible. And they see it, and people, and people, of course, talk about it. And they say, well, it's got all these studies. Well, there is no study. Okay, I haven't seen a study. Or, again, the studies are tainted that they have this study, and they compare it to doing nothing, right? So it's like, well, yeah, if you did something, your arm's going to be you know, somewhat more mobile because compared to the guy who sat on the couch. So it's always the control group. Like you, like someone sent me a study that driveline did on their heavy balls, right? And they're comparing their heavy balls and the stress on their arm. And there was no control group. There was no one who did not. There was no one who threw a regular baseball. So that study's flawed. Right? It's not a study. It's not a study. It's flawed. But it's called a study. People look at it and be like, oh, yeah, heavy balls don't, you know, look at the rate. Yeah, but... You need you, you have to compare apples to apples and then compare the apples to an orange. Are they still fruit? Are they still this or that? It's and it's it's flawed in physical therapy too. You get a study. Well, you know the laser is the next great thing. Okay, good. Well, electric stimulation is good too. So unless you compare the two directly on fixing swelling in the knee on on, a, on an age group, it's a flawed study. You know, like, and that's, and that's how it happens. And this is why these kind of things continue. And there's not enough of the studies or not enough good studies. And, you know, they can be manipulated. We've talked about this. You know, you get a hypothesis. Well, let's kind of manipulate this study so it looks like that. But that's well, a long-winded answer. <laughs> so, so a couple things to, to unpack with that. Um, I guess the first one would be, you know, long toss, I'm saying for pitchers. I'm saying, not for, do. I'm, I'm saying for anybody. So I really do. All right. So I want to, I'm going to challenge you on that a little bit sure. because that's all outfielders do. I, I understand. But right? like, so this, do they have the mechanics to, do, or I guess the long toss needs to be looked at and needs to be done with impeccable mechanics. And that's the, so if you have impeccable mechanics and you're throwing it on a line and you're finishing correctly, and it's not like that picture I showed before of the parabola where the ball is back here. Yes, but that's not happening in most in most cases. Yeah, and so, but but, and then of course, I would make the argument that if you have bad mechanics, you shouldn't be throwing the ball. You shouldn't be throwing anything, Correct. really, right? You certainly shouldn't be pitching. And so, just all right. So that's that's good to know. And, and the reason why I say this now, we have outfielders and infielders and catchers who are getting Tommy John surgery, right? Yes, yes. Well, yeah. Well, absolutely. And look, everything that's being done, and I see at the high school level, is being overdone, right? And so. If it is out, you know, long toss, it's the outfielders, you know, making a hundred throws a day or something crazy like that. No, you know, there is. I, I hear that going on too. Like, yeah. I don't. Again, what's the per? What What is the purpose of that, Mike? I, yeah. I don't. You know, I'm not. Well, I, I I'm going to stick up for the high school coaches for a minute, even though, like, uh, you know, I, I I have lots of negative to say about them, but I will say this. You know, speaking to what Kevin talked about earlier, they don't have really much time to do anything with these. It's not like they can develop these kids, right? So. How much time? Like, are you really going to start when you have two weeks to go before your season starts and say, and, and, and you have to have tryouts and then you go, okay, let's work on the basics of your throwing. And let's, you know, you, we, you can't, they can't do what we have the time to do with them, uh, of course. So, but it is, I, I want to talk more in game for a minute because again, you know, you know, these kids are going to get overused and the same thing happens in the league. So we're about to embark on the season. We've got, uh, high school season starting. We've got middle school ball season uh, starting. Oh. We've got travel ball season. In many towns, you have like Babe Ruth level season and Little League is also all these are starting all around the same time. And so 
it's pretty obvious. Like your, your, your kids shouldn't be playing on four or five teams. That's obvious. You know, unless they're different teams over like four, four teams over four seasons, which right. doesn't happen, of course. Right. Um, or they but, start at different time, times or something like that. Yeah. Cause little league ends pretty early, right? Little it league. does. It does. Yeah. Right. So like, that's, that, that's what I'm getting at, but, but you, sh- but your, your teams, you shouldn't be playing on, even three teams that are all playing concurrently, especially right. if you're a pitcher and especially even more so if you're a good pitcher, because if you're a good pitcher and you perform well, all of your coaches are going to want to use you. They're always going to, and they're going to say, Hey, uh, you know, you'll even hear like, Hey, we won't use you that much. I know you pitch on those other two teams. We're going to look <laughs> for your health. So we're only going to throw you for three innings today. Right. Ugh, dude, the kid needs a break. So again, the injuries continue to go up, especially like on the youth level here. So, yeah, but whose fault is that? What can we do? The coach or the parent, right? The coach is the coach wants to win. That's his job, right? It's the coach or the parent on that one. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, I put yeah. it on both of them because you yeah. know what? As a coach, these are still kids. You know what I mean? Really? And yeah, you should be looking out for them. You know what I mean? Especially especially if you if you if you know better. And like I said, you know, we end up sort of taking it on, on the chin all the time because we're not gonna be the ones that extend that kid and just overuse them. So, you know, we have a kid who's a really good pitcher, but, you know, no thanks to their, whatever, their town guy or like, can't, can't use them, can't use them. And so it comes down to a conversation with the parents. And, you know, for me, it's like, Hey, we want to see him pitch because we're the ones that want to help. So we can see if he's doing something incorrectly, we can help correct it and fix it and et cetera. Um, But, you know, it's hard for kids to say, no, it just is. It's hard for kids to say, yeah, kids want to compete, right? I mean, they want to compete. And I think the parents, they, you know, they're going to have a hard time stepping in because, you know, they go, well, if I, if I, you know, piss the coach off and then, you know, he's, he's going to sit him next game and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't play. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And look, it's happened in the past. You know what I mean? Where, you know, the parent is always, because the, 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 the other side of this coin, of course, is the over-involved parent who, yes. you know, keeps the pitch count. And tells you when to take him out, tells him how many pitches you can use him for that day. It's like his manager, right? And so I, I don't think that's the answer either. It really isn't, you know, because what do they know about it? You know, are they, uh, you know, okay. kinesiologists? Is there, is the daddy, <laughs> you know, the, because as we all know, like the pitch count things are complete and utter farce anyway, in, in my opinion. Yeah, you know he's I mean? going through that, which was fantastic. Right. It's just like, you know, it's just a false sense of safety. You know, there's, it's way too involved, um, you know, and, and I, and I shouldn't say a complete farce, but you get my point. Like it, no, it, it's, no. it's something and it's something to go by, but it's, it's not helping. It's clearly not helping because injuries are still going up and we were not taking in consideration all the other factors that go along with that. Um, so, so I guess what we can talk about, Kevin, is what can a pitcher do? What can he best do? Um, Given all this, given yeah. that, you know, he's going to be used wherever he can. And what can he do to really try to make sure his arm stays as healthy as possible? Sure. Well, first is that if the pitcher has any sort of pain, shoulder, elbow, that's not good. That yeah, but what about good pain? That, there is no good. What, what about a good gunshot wound? Right. Uh, <laughs> he got shot, but it, it missed his heart, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there is. I've been. T- I mean, yeah, we could that. We could talk about that. Good pain and bad pain. No okay. pain. Um, the other thing is, I think that the the player pitcher needs to be on a comprehensive exercise program that is through the winter months by a professional who knows what they're doing, and that needs to be followed. There should be, you know, strength combination strength flexibility and endurance that not only is in the off season but also is in the uh season as well that they're doing corrective exercises to keep themselves posturally good elongated um and you know and i would say a lot of that begins with the uh scapula the squats the basic exercises um, but that's things that that is things that need to get done during the season. Oh, hold on. Um, Let me pause you for a second. So yes, in sir. season, you're saying workout still in season. Yeah. I don't mean like the workouts do not have to have all you need is open space, right? We're doing things on the foam roller. We're doing stability exercises. We're doing body weight squats, maybe um, some band work with some rows, but everything to keep your shoulder blades moving kinesiologically correct 
balance, you know, and, and to keep your posterior chain working, that kind of stuff. No, now, it shouldn't be deadlifting or, you know, squatting, you know, 5,000 pounds, some of that stuff. So it doesn't add to the, I mean, how many times have you seen, oh, I can squat 400 pounds and they can't do, you know, one of my catcher squats, that kind of stuff. Because I've, I've heard that, you know, um, in season, uh, you work out less frequently, but you still work with heavy weights to maintain. Is that untrue? Like, you know, to, to basically, you know, lower reps, less intensity, that sort of thing. I don't see the, I mean, I guess we're talking like what age group we're, if we're talking. So high, high school, school, high school and assuming the mechanics are okay. Like, yeah, I don't, okay. I don't see the point. I just don't see the point of it when we have our, when we can generate body weight exercises to build the same muscles, why we need to be deadlifting 300 pounds. I don't, okay. I don't see it. I just, so, I mean, you can get your, the muscle groups just as strong doing body weight exercises in your basement. You don't need to go and do, cause most of, most of the times I see these kids are working out unsupervised, right. Or in groups and, and they're, you know, micro injuring themselves because the mechanics of them lifting and moving is bad. Okay. All right. So, but, so that's, that's important thing. But so that's you, just so one minute. You know, that's just, I mean, I, you know, I, I can make someone just as strong if we want to do a one repetition maximum doing body weight exercises, as opposed to doing all these other things, you know, getting all the muscles on the same team at the same time. Uh, that's, that's but the point is, do you want to maintain strength during the season? Cause you're going thousand, to atrophy, right? Thousand percent. Thousand okay. percent. Yes. Absolutely. All right. So, but, emphasis probably a stronger emphasis on stability yes yep okay and here, so. and here I'm, sh- I'm i'm sharing i had to dig this up Please. a long a long toss photo okay That's- this, this this said this was from like a proponent of long toss and a thousands of views but this is something that you never want to do wow right so this is what i mean this is not helping this child adolescent at all no. this picture <laughs> Nope. He looks a little like Patrick Mahomes here, but that's not helping. Yep. So that's what I mean. Well, so- and I and I agree. We should we should. I, I want to preface this too because we 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 could talk about bad mechanics all day, right? So that's the thing. So I, this is we got to look at this situation where we're in the season. We're not fixing anyone's mechanic right now, nope. but kids are going out there and playing. So. Yep. Knowing all that, like, what is it that they can do? And I think so far we got some good stuff, right? Like, yeah, they continue I mean, you to train. Yeah. And, you know, we go back. So essentially when the body does exercise or work or anything, it breaks down, right? The muscle fibers break down. This is the whole thing of why steroids just helps because it builds you back up faster. Right. So every, I always use like when we're doing an activity, we're taking money out of the bank, right? We're doing things that might put us in different angles that we're not really should be or pitching or whatever. So we need to go back and put all that money back in the bank by doing corrective exercises that make ourselves heal correctly, that put everything in the right position, that every, all of our, we maintain all of our range of motion. We maintain all of our strength. We're not adding to anything that may take away of that. We've got to heal. We've got to do healing exercises to keep us in good tip top shape. I'm working out. I'm a high school pitcher. I'm working out three days a week, all winter long. The season starts. Do I continue to work out three days a week or do I stop or do I cut it back? No, we just change what you're doing. Like it okay. depends what you're doing. So if you're working out three days a week and I'm lifting, you know, I'm doing Olympic lifting. No, I think we can go to body weight. We can increase the reps. We can, we can do that. We're doing more endurance and more importantly, the body reacts to change. Right. So if we did, for instance, change the angles, change the position, change the reps, all change the surface, right? So if you're doing squats, for instance, we can do, you know, mini catcher squats. We can do a hundred of them. And the next day we can flip over a Bosu and do 75 on that. We've changed the surface. Right. So we're getting, we're getting more dynamic stabilization, which I think is key. Okay. So what else can uh, pitchers do to stay healthy? And I got like specific. So we already know your, your take on long toss. And I'll tell you right now, a lot of these high schools, most of them, I would say, are going to have some sort of long toss program for in between starts yeah. They're going to have a long toss day. They're going to have a bullpen day. And then what is your take on like flat grounds? Cause I can yeah. tell you that we're going to have a flat ground day. So what I will go back to long toss again, the arm 
works eccentrically. Okay, once we're above our head. What eccentrically means is 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 breaks. It's breaking so it doesn't come out of its socket. Right. So then going to throw something 300 feet really to me is working on the brakes, not the accelerator. Now I do something I call slam toss. You've seen it where they're turning and slamming the baseball into the ground using all the powers if they're trying to break a block of ice. To me, that promotes power and, and, and better mechanics and, and finishing well. Mm-hmm. Flat ground work is great. We throw, we play catch, right? There's nothing wrong with playing catch and then and then you can do bullpen days. There's I'm I'm a proponent of throwing because throwing promotes your good mechanics. We don't want to look like that pit, that picture that I just showed. That that is right. that is contributing to injury. Okay. And so, before we do all that, we need to do there should be some pre and post exercises. If you're working with a good trainer or therapist, there should be pre and post exercises that the pitcher would do before they throw to get ready to throw and then and then after to make sure that everything is maintained. You talking day of game or you're talking about I'm talking all the time. Day of game doesn't matter. We should be warming up with little squats. You said pre and post. I meant like before the game on the same day and oh, after, or the day before right. and the day after. No, no, pre, right, right. So pre-game, okay. post-game, yeah, or pre-throw, post-throw, pre-practice, post-practice. Absolutely, yep. Okay, now that's sort of like an arm care type of thing. Yeah, like I'm, yeah. you know, before, you know, we warm up, we're doing scapular stabilizations, we're doing all of the muscle groups that contribute to pitching. So squats, lunges, some cranes, where we're balancing scapular stabilization stuff to get ready. We go throw. We finish it with the same exercise. Excuse me. We finish with the same exercise after. Okay. And uh, last one, right? Because this is what we're going to get a lot of. So, what would you what would you say in terms of uh, you know days of just doing nothing, right? Because I, I, you know, a lot of coaches will say you just pitched. Don't even touch a ball. To, don't even look at one. Don't even look at a baseball. Go touch it. Go yeah. near it. Right. And, and I'm okay I, with that. I, I, okay, so so I because well, I mean, I've always does read. That's okay. Like, like like I'm yeah. okay. Like nothing. I don't mean that they're sitting and playing video games. They could be yeah. doing arm care stuff. They don't have to be. But I'm okay. You can throw every day. To, as far as I'm concerned, you can do that in a in a in a way. So I know you're a proponent of throwing the more, and I I agree with you. Um, but again, the main muscles should be worked on every day. You know, the foam roller stuff I do, scapular stabilizations, core work every single day. Every single day. And you'll see, and we've and we've seen with players that we've worked together, like boom, right? When we do that kind of work, the numbers go up and they and up pretty dramatically. Yeah. You know, like yep. meaning the, the Rapsodo numbers that you measure. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, the metrics and the measurables the metrics, for sure. Right. Uh all right. So I think the last part of this is just um, you know, what advice could we give parents i mean like i said you know it, it, we're talking about mostly high school age yeah. because they're going to be you know playing now yeah. um but it goes for everybody because again the middle schoolers they're going to be in middle school sure. they're going to be playing in travel ball like the middle school is actually probably going to be more have more seasons going on at the same time right. than anyone else um so w- what sort of advice you would you give to you know the parent of a pitcher um, you know, for a kid that's not really old enough to really kind of look after himself. Yep. Um, so for now, I mean, we're kind of, we've kind of started the season. So I would look for someone who, whose philosophy is really core centric, movement centric, doing body weight type exercises. That's something get on in that little exercise program. That's someone who believes in doing pre and post exercises, meaning pregame, postgame. Um, then when the season ends, then we can talk about, the goals, right? Everything just should be, you know, uh, but goals should be related back to metrics. So if we want to increase velocity, we want to look at getting stronger with our trunk and our lower half, but everything starts again with the building block of movement. That's got to be refined. You know, like I said, like you've heard me talk about Lego block number one, we have to have that initial movement good before we can build, build from there. So um, research your professional, um, interview them, speak to them just like you would a coach, um, and make sure you guys are are on the same page. Make sure your kid gets along with and understands um, the coach because the hardest thing, and you know this, the hardest thing is to get someone to duplicate what you want them to do. You could say, 
do X, Y, and Z, and the kid hears FPX, right? And you've got to be able to gel that the kid is, is coachable and not only coachable, but do you guys understand each other that, that something can be duplicated? And then make sure your kid does it. Make sure they do it. You know, there's so many times that the I will see people that have come in with an injury and we'll come back three months later. Yeah, I stopped doing my exercises. Well, dude, that's what got you better. Why did you stop doing them? You know, I, you know, we brush our teeth twice a day because we got one set of teeth. We only have one body. So keep those up. So, all right. So, so basically, you know, find somebody to work with. So you're playing all these seasons. Make sure you're continuing to to to, to train some facet. Find somebody that you know and interview them. Um, you know, make sure yep. you gel and connect, uh, and continue to work through the season. Uh, any advice in terms of you know you know, what to watch for, you know, when yep. to throw, throw a flag on something in terms yep. of great question. Kid, yeah. So three letter word. We talk about this all the time. Why? So someone needs to give you the why and with their philosophy. Right. And if you don't agree with the why get up and run out the door, meaning I do core stuff in this because we have to work on Lego block. Number one, we have to have the first move in the sequence. I'm giving you the why, like when you say, you know, we're going to lift Olympic weights during the season. Well, why? And we want to make sure that that gels and they, people philosophy may be, but that why has got to, that why has got to equal number one, that they stay healthy and they continue to increase their performance. So that's the biggest thing you don't. And when they're exercising, there should be a purpose behind it. We are doing this drill. We're doing this exercise because, or why to get this result. Not just, as we say, drills for drills, exercises for exercise. There has to be a specific purpose, goals laid out of what we're trying to do with number one, staying healthy and move from there. What do you think about um, um, like um, what, like myofascial therapies, like uh, massages, things like that? Yeah, all those, all those are good. Yeah, all those are good. We want to get the, you know, the, the crud out of the tissue. You know, I do a lot of hands-on work, a lot of massage, a lot of, uh, you know, I do a lot of high-speed manipulations. You know, the spine's got to be aligned. Yeah. You know, that's why I said that, you know, you're, like, especially a pitcher should really be followed by a physical therapist, in my opinion, because a physical therapist can then react and do things that a trainer or something can't because there's not licensed to do, you know, that, you know, if you come in one day and you have a shoulder, I can, I can work that out. I can adjust it. I can stretch it. I can get my hands in there to fix that, to fix that problem. And, you know, our profession is lazy or has not promoted our ability to keep people healthy on the prevent, right? Cause everything's about medicine, modern medicine. Now it's when something's already happened. Well, we're pretty good at fixing things when it's happened. We're really good at fixing things to make sure that it doesn't happen. So you really have to find some, a therapist, sports therapist who wants to keep someone healthy, uh, as you would say, prehab, so they don't get to rehab. That's All important. Right. So, in a nutshell, right? So the best you're saying that the best defense or the best plan of action to 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 keep your arm healthy in a crazy season is to continue to strengthen it and to make sure it stays strong. The, 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 the right muscle stays strong. And of course, you know, we didn't talk about it today. You know, the mechanics are so huge in this. So huge. Yeah, so huge. But again, so we're huge. in season. You're not really going to change someone's mechanics. Yeah. But they are so <laughs> huge. So huge in this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, which, which leads to, you know, one sort of final chapter in this is how do I even articulate this? So looking at certain like i have certain pictures right yep poor kids they haven't really kind of gotten the arm where i'm i'm less comfortable with that pitcher throwing say 50 pitches in a weekend than i am another kid throwing 85 pitches in a weekend because of the way their body moves because of their arm mechanics and such yep. right um what are those? I mean, I, I know this is hard to answer, but like, what do those <laughs> kids do? What are those like? I mean, this I think this is really where parents have to become involved. Um, yeah, you know, that, like the, I guess listen counts. to your body, right? Yeah, pitch right. The, the pitch count is such a provo- such a controversial, such a provocative thing. You know, you and I, you know, I mean, I pitched. I was forty three. You, you know, it's it's it is. You've got to listen. 
you've got to listen to your to your body. You know, you get the nine year old I've seen and go on Twitter throws ninety pitches in a weekend. That's a little insane, right? Um, but the number is really going to dictate. Number one, like you, you, your thing about the pitch count is the best I've ever heard. So maybe you can talk about what the the we actually have a, a metric that no. gives you more pitches. I think that's the best thing because you're gonna, you know, just I'm gonna I'm gonna just take my my uh, daughter's softball game. I know it's a different sport. You know, where the last two innings of a game last year there were 19 walks, right? Right, right. Between both sides, right? You kept going, so. It goes by performance. So if a, if a person isn't throwing strike, they were throwing strikes in inning two. We get to inning four, they're not throwing strikes. There's a reason why they're not throwing strikes. Their mechanics are definitely broken down. There's a reason that could be pain, that could be tired, whatever. You got to pull them out. You just have to pull them out. But your why don't you explain your metric on pitch count? Because I think it's the best I've ever heard. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, it, and so and that's where I think where from my perspective. You know, I would say, you know, if you're a parent, you know, watch out for, uh, you know, if you're a parent with us, obviously we're going to watch them with us on the weekend. Um, but they're going to be playing other games. Watch out for long innings. You know, if your kid's out there, let's say he has a pitch count that he's able to throw 85 pitches that day or 90 pitches that day. He throws 50 in an inning, as an example, and you see him come back out on the mound the next inning you can step in and you go and talk to that coach. And so, and it's for that reason that I do it differently. So I go into every single game where the kid can start. He can do a complete game, even on day one of the season. Okay. However, however, if he throws more than say eight pitches, that inning, an inning comes off. Okay. And so we're going to chop innings off. And as it, as the season progresses, he'll be able to throw up more pitches per inning and not have innings come off the back end. And so, because, you know, there are, that's a big deal throwing a bunch in a small amount of time or, or not a small amount of time, but uh, in terms of the gameplay, right? So, so, so throwing a bunch of pitches in one inning, two innings uh, is a lot worse than throwing that same amount of pitches over the course of seven innings because you're resting in between. You're not throwing labored. You're not throwing with stress and you're not tired and all these things. So um, I, I, I really prefer to have, you know, like in April, it really depends on the age. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be like 10 pitches per inning. We're going to say, hey, you got 10 pitches per inning. You can pitch seven innings. That's 70 pitches total, right? And it's only 10 per inning. Super efficient. You throw 12 pitches in an inning. Well, now you're only able to throw six innings. Okay, and we're going to take you out after six. If you do 12 more than 10 again, well, now you can only throw five innings and so on and so forth. And I just think it's a better way. Uh, it's, and, fan- it's fantastic because it yeah. it's goal-oriented, right? Yeah. It's, it's performance-oriented. Yeah, if a kid went out and threw 50 pitches over six innings, there's our no-hitter, we go home. Right. That's right. Yep. And that's it. Right. That's it. <laughs> and that's essentially what you're saying, which I think is is phenomenal. Yeah. And that's it. So, you know, and again, like that's the same, you know, if we have, you know, let's say we have a 13 pitch limit, right. And the kid throws 26 that inning, right. You know, we may consider taking two innings off, right. Cause two they doubled off, it. Right. right? So, right. so, and so like, it's, you know, it's, it's commonsensical, but you know, I think how it's just, did you, did you, right. how did you come up with this? I, I really think it's brilliant. I mean, more people should follow this. This is truly brilliant. And I'm not, Bones, but yeah. I mean it's really good. Thank you, buddy. Um, I just I never I never. I know, I know you're not a, a pitch count guy, I mean, right? Which I like, yeah, yeah. That, that's really it, and it's like the reason why pitch count in any facet can be effective is because there. Look, there is a point where you're going to become tired. Yeah, you're going to start really starting to break down mechanically, and you shouldn't be doing anything tired. You're, you're opening yourself up to injury to do that. So, um, you know, I and I would see it. I would see you know, this, you know, uh, pitch smart or whatever it is, you know, they yeah. have 85 pitches per week. And I would see these literally hear stories about these little league coaches, the dads telling me like, well, they only threw him 60 on the nose last night. Cause they want to be able to, I'm like, what today <laughs> he's going to come back and throw 15. Like, no, yeah, he shouldn't even be right. warming up today. So stuff like that. And I'm like this, something else has to be, there's gotta be a better it's, way to do this. It's really, it's really uh scientifically ingenious. It's really good. All right. Well, are we, are we, I think it's time. Uh, no, 
Is it? It's, it's time. back. It's Is back. it time? Is time. it? Why would you do that? <laughs> Producer extraordinaire, you're up. That hair is amazing, by the way. It is. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Look at that hair. Look at that thing. Like, like up, I was doing like the Conan O'Brien. We need to put down the ponytail so we play for the red tees this year in our golf league. We'll look okay. I can get. A, I can grow it a little longer for that. That's, that's not a, <laughs> a little longer. Problem. What do we got, buddy? What do we got? What is a few out there? Things here. I mean, let's uh, let's start with. Let's start with this one. Why not? Just kind of see the ridiculousness that we've been missing out on. All right. So this is a 2T drill for those of you that can't see it. Uh, Normally when you're doing a 2T drill, your aim is kind of to hit one of the balls, right? One or the other, not both. Wrong. We are wrong. (laughs) The goal of this drill is apparently to hit both of these balls for no apparent reason. So can I ask a dumb question? What is the real part? Like you say one of the balls, but why, why are you doing a two T drill for us little hitting novices at home? Well, this is the, why would you do that? Yeah. So that's anybody's guess. We have oh, no okay. idea what he's doing. Like, again, we try to figure but out. But do you do two also, T drill differently or you just don't do it at all? Well, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think there's a need for it. Okay. So first yeah. of all, first of all, there's his, you see his bat, Ryan? Yeah, it's like so, floppy. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, it's a floppy bat. It's a almost like a rope bat. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness gracious. So, yeah, you want as much barrel <laughs> drag. He hits the ball, it's like. Yeah. All right. So, point of this drill, that there is a 2G drill. And the way I've seen it done. Well, in fact, we've even covered it before where the back tee is like up to his neck. Yeah. Right. So you have to so you have to be like really like downward angle down to the ball. Um, I and this is I guess practicing the opposite where you he's teaching barrel depth. He wants the barrel to get in the zone early. Great. Um, but you can do that without the ball on the tee, obviously. You know what I mean? Like I just I don't I don't understand why you would hit both balls. Now I've heard and I've even said this at times too, where it to, to work on staying through the ball and, you know, staying behind the baseball. And I, I, I use the term like, you know, chase the ball with the barrel, make sure your barrel's chasing the ball. And you say, okay, you say, all right, if this, this ball you're hitting, imagine there's five more behind it. You want to hit all of them, right. So it's a visualization thing, but uh, this one took it literally like, you know, it's not, not the worst thing in the world. It's not like it's messing up his mechanics or anything, but definitely uh a little unnecessary, especially since one's just kind of going hopping along towards the right side of the <laughs> Low roller to first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's right. uh, let's try another one here. So I know what else Mike, you got? We talked about this one a little bit. There, I guess you know there are certainly some benefits to this, right? We we discussed that uh, ahead of time, uh, but then there's also it's like, well, what, yeah. why? Right. So let me read the caption for it. There's a multi-layer drill that really highlights a lot of mechanical breakdowns players may have. For this uh-huh. example, I'm demonstrating how the wall is used to help players stay tall, quote unquote, on the backside. I mean, he's not. That's the funny part about it. Like he's literally leaning his head forward. If you drew a line down the middle of his body, his head's actually going forward. See that? Yeah. You can see more of the wall behind him. So, all right. I got a couple things here. So number one, I hate that he's if you're going to do this drill that you should be up against the wall with basically your, your foot or close to it and lean the barrel back a little bit and feel that you can touch the wall. Okay. Now he's not doing that. He's actually putting the knob up against the wall, which is means you have to be uber short on the backside. Now you don't really want to be short on the backside. You want to be quick to the zone, but you don't want, the actual barrel path to be so short. The other thing is in order to do that, you can see his left shoulder. He really has to kind of cheat it. He kind of pulls his shoulder up around so he can actually sneak the barrel, you know, to where he wants it to go without hitting the wall. Now, the last thing I'm going to say about this, Ryan, is remember where you want to pause it. Yeah. Um, 
Per, that's pretty perfect. Okay. So right here, right now, his hip should be turned a little bit more. He's really rotate rotating. But at that point, like, well, I meant no, it should have been it. Yeah, no, I know. Just... Yeah. So could you back up a little bit? Because this so so he has the barrel in the zone here, but but just prior to that, look how long it takes to get the barrel to the zone, right? Right there. Even the next one, very next frame. Yeah, that ball's by oh. him, right? Yeah, I mean, so once your hips are turned that far, your barrel should at least be close to the in front of the catcher. There's another, there's the perfect one, right? Even there, he's like he's fully rotated. His hips aren't moving anymore. So when your hips are fully turned, your barrel needs to already be in the zone. It needs to be in front of the catcher's mitt. So this is sort of the antithesis to the one we just saw, where the last drill we're seeing, they're working on barrel depth, right? And get your barrel behind, you know, like in, in the zone, and then staying long through it, hitting both of those balls. And this one, he's like literally trying to cut off the backside. That in and of itself tells you, like, just how many different weird, wild things there are out there when it comes to hitting. Um, I, I would say that if you were to pick, if you had to pick one of these two drills that we were, <laughs> that we just saw, do the first one because you don't want to be hitting with your front shoulder. He also talks about. Um, as Ryan pointed out, like, you know, maintaining and you know, staying tall on the backside, but he's clearly not. He's shifting forward. The front shoulder's coming up. You don't want to do any of those things. So why would you do that? Right. Why would you do that? And we'll go to our last one, which, you know, I mean, we can talk about this idiot as ad nauseum, right? Hmm. Who could this be? What's, uh, hmm. uh, oh, oh, no. Oh, geez. I'm better. Hey. Well, we just did two podcasts in a row on on old Richie Boy. So, Brian, while you were away, I don't even know this, but I uh, I, I I got his course because I really yeah. – pause it for a second. I really wanted to, like, understand, like, where he's coming from. Like, maybe there's some things in there that we could find some common ground on. Maybe <laughs> some things he's just, you know, not saying the right way or the way I would say it, and I can't understand. I went in there as open-minded as I could, and I came out of it more blown away than ever at this man, because and, and even more blown away yet the uh, of, of the fact that people actually follow him and will listen to. I mean, Ryan, I'll, I'll, and we'll we'll talk about it. Anyway, you 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 are sick with the flu and stuff, and so you know we haven't we haven't chatted in a bit. And we talk next. I'll I'll, I'll fill you in on some of the stuff. I'll even show you some, but whole. Lee crap. Yeah. It's a it's hey, look at this kid's head, his left elbow. Yep. You cannot hit a ball with your forearm covering your eyes. No. Well, also his head's tilted up, his barrel is completely vertical. Look at it, looks like one of those like old school billy clubs. Like, Why is his back foot pointed this way? Right. <laughs> so, well, what you want to do, Ryan, as we learned last week, is you want to um, have the ball of your femur over your foot and the and the and your hip socket over the ball of your femur. And if you do that, then you're stacked and loaded. I forget what the term was, but I got copious notes. Copious, and I've seen yes. them. I mean, you just can't. Like, I understand this is a cricket. This is a cricket money, you know, to, to research and 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 do that. But like, does part of you feel like dirty and cheated and like? Like I'd, I'd want to go to his house and be like, Do "You own, like, give me cash. You owe me money." <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's amazing. Right, but if like he a... puts a ball on a tee right there, this kid knocks the tee over. Right, he hits it, cuts it in half. He knocks the whole thing over because he's not well, the ball. I'll tell you what he's working on, right? Because I just found one of my other notes, right? So, 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 Kevin, what I sent you was literally a tenth of what I have. So, and this is what he's working. On. Early bat speed comes from the pivot point of the forearm. Okay. The turn or twist of the forearm. This creates the blur that happens behind the head, a la Barry Bonds. All right. And you're going, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. I've read it a thousand times. It still doesn't make sense. Okay. So he's basically saying that, and he even made a point to say this in the video that the rotation does not come from the hips. The rotation comes from here. He actually tries to make an excuse for uh, the hips actually turning, um, but it's a bad one. So you can see the back elbow. One of the things you want to make sure you do not do, and this is a common flaw in, in young hitters, is the back. A lot of hitters keep their hands away from their body pretty far like this. 
this and this elbow, if they <clears throat> for them to swing, especially when they're swinging upper body, they kind of want to pull it back and then pull, right? So if you wanted to you want to hit a tree with an axe and give it its best whack, you don't want to hit it right from here. You want to come back and then hit it. And that's what they're doing. And what happens is the hands come back and then drop the elbow drops underneath the wrist. And that is the now so on an, on a pitch on the inner half, he's absolutely cooked. And you can see Dude, the, you, you, can, see the you can throw a beach ball, this kid won't hit it. Look Amazing at his stance. Look at this. Like, what? I, uh, this guy is such a, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, I, I, it's, it's amazing. Such a charlatan. And, and yeah, truly. And like I said before, he, he, he thinks he saw something that, that all of us hitting coaches, instructors have seen, but he thinks he's the only one that saw it. And he thinks it's the magic to a, to an elite level swing. And he couldn't be more wrong. It, 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 it he, uh. It's Could really not be more wrong. I can't stress that enough. It's it's bad. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, right, kids. So I think Ryan's got a plug. Ryan had a plug. Ryan, oh. what your plug? What were you going to plug? Some gun stop show? A sh- uh, oh, shop? Yeah, I'm just wearing my buddy a shirt from my buddy's uh, uh, firearm store called Masshole oh. Firearms in Littleton, oh. Massachusetts. All right. That's about it. Okay. Well, uh, no thanks for listening. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks yeah. for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Adios.